You're listening to a podcast appearing on the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. You may think that you have seen emergency police dispatching in today's movies, television programming, and streaming media. You've not. It's time to follow the dispatch chain, the real step-by-step process that would happen if all of those famous and exciting scenes you see in the movies happened in real life from a real-life police dispatcher. I'm Lisa Moore, a 20-plus year police dispatcher. I am your host. This is the Dispatch Chain, this time for the toilet bomb scene from Lethal Weapon 2, 1989. I am so excited to talk about how things could be or should be dispatched when it comes from TV shows or movies. I'm joined today by Mike Wilkerson. He knows a little bit about everything. <laughs> but but especially entertainment. Thanks for having me today, Lisa. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. No, this is going to be great. This is a concept that I've been thinking about for a long time and that we get to utilize your skill sets and uh, the perspective that you have inside of police dispatch is tremendous. And I can't wait to dig into this. It's going to be great. And when you brought this up to me, you started with the bathroom scene from Lethal Weapon 2 where <laughs> totally. Danny Glover is sitting on the toilet and I was in hook, line, and sinker because I thought, oh my God, what would I do if I got that call? Yeah. No, th- th- I mean, this is this is super choice. What what I love most about it is that whether you like this film or not, the, those of you that are listening, <laughs> what in the hell would happen if this happened in real life? Well, and and what, We're going to spill it on everybody and I can't wait. And whether it's you've great. watched all the movies from the franchise or not, you mm-hmm. everybody knows this scene. Everyone knows this scene. This is repeated at least once every year during <laughs> some sort of Christmas nest. Always. There's Correct. no question. Or yep. if, if everything goes sideways, this is also one of those animated gifs that you'll see inside of Facebook <laughs> when everything goes sideways. This is always there. This is always there. Always. Yeah. So in looking at it, I'm like, okay, so what would I do if Danny called me and said, I'm on the toilet. <laughs> I'm too old for this shit. Literally. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, what would happen? Well, I would have to ask him and everybody knows who listens to my podcast. I need your location. Because location is key. And the first thing I'm going to ask him, okay, sir, where where are you located? What's your address? And he's going to give me the address. Mm-hmm. But we need another location. Where are you in the house? Mm-hmm. Okay. To which he's going to yep. tell me I'm in the bathroom. Okay. Okay. Where in the house is the bathroom? And the reason I go through these location, location, locations is because we kind of need, well, not we kind of, we do need to know the layout of the house that the officers are going to mm-hmm. so they know, yeah. do we have a ranch-style house? Do we have a two-story house? Are there house? stairs? Are there stairs? Are they downstairs? Where are they going to be located? So we ask, is this a ranch-style home? And they'll answer us, yes or no. And, okay, it's a two-story. Are you upstairs on the main level, basement? And we'll get that information from our caller. So that's great. We have all this going in. We're letting our officers know so they can tactically get the best path to take to get to the bathroom. And I'll ask them too, if if my officers are coming through the front door, where are the stairs? And we get as much of a layout as we can. Yeah. I think this would also help out with loadout in regard to what they're actually going to be bringing to the scene, right? Correct. Yeah. Because with a bomb threat, going to be a lot of people involved, not just my officers this time. Yeah. It's one of the things that I think is really well represented inside the scene, inside the film where, (laughs) you know, it's, it's not just 
it's not just rigs mm-hmm. and it's not just one bomb disposal guy. <laughs> right. It's an entourage of an entire oh. half department. It's right. Crazy. And before everybody gets there, I need to know how many people are in the house. Yeah. Is it just Danny and Riggs, mm-hmm. you know, or is it Danny and Riggs? Uh, Murta. Murta. Right. Thank you. Sure. <laughs> or is the family members home? You know, mm-hmm. is everybody, because we want to get everybody out of the house. Right. And we know from watching the movie that the reason the bomb has been, has started ticking is because he sat down on the toilet. Mm-hmm. Now we know he can't get off of the toilet or it's going to blow up. So is he in a position, so to speak, to be able to yell out to the rest of his family, get out of the house if they're there? Mm-hmm. So we have to take that into consideration too. That's why we get the layout because if he's all the way in the basement or all the way upstairs, what if he's got kids that are in the basement? They ain't yeah. going to hear him yell. Yeah, and I think something else to think about here too is Danny might actually have been cognizant enough to make sure that if there were people in the house, that he would be screaming for them to get out, or he would utilize the phone, or he would send rigs. Yeah, you know, to, to, to just to get everybody out first, and then and then proceed with what happens. That right. all is kind of another piece of what gets skirted by inside of TV and movies because there's just not enough time to tell that piece of the story, and it's not right. interesting. Right, exactly. It, it's not compelling. Oh, get out of the house. <laughs> you know, nobody cares. But it also kind of blows the surprise of what's going on inside of the scene if it were to happen that way. So. Exactly, but it's all those things that people like me who dispatch and work for the police department Mm -hmm. think about when we see scenes like that going, Oh, again, how would I have dispatched that call? Or what would I have asked the person who's sitting on literally sitting on a bomb? Yeah. And we want to know who's in the house. We want to know where he's located. Obviously we want to know who he is and can he see the bomb from where he's sitting? Because is there a clock on it that's ticking down? Do real bombs do that? I have no idea. I've never seen an actual real bomb. <laughs> oh, I, I don't either. And again, that speaks to the skill sets that have to come and actually uh, supervise and see what's going on with not only the device, but like Murtaugh himself. Mm-hmm. The whole thing of him not being able to stand up because he's been sitting so long. That's right. real, dude. Exactly. I tend to get on and spring off the toilet as fast <laughs> as humanly possible. My dad was legendary for having hemorrhoids. Oh, no. And I learned very, very early on that I would never spend any amount of time that my dad did in the toilet because he was legendary for for hemorrhoids. And so I get on and I get off quick. And yeah. so I have no idea what it's like to sit on the toilet for an hour right. or two hours or whatever he was on there. And I don't know what that side of it's like, but I work a 12-hour shift. Mm. And there are times where okay. I'm sitting today, for example, at work, I sat for five hours and had wow. not gotten up and moved. Boy, everything hurt when I yeah. stood up. Yeah. But that's because we were that busy. I didn't yeah. have a chance to. Oh, and that's also in a chair rather True. than a, a, toilet a, a ceramic toilet bowl. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's real. Right. And then one of the other things that you don't think about as a movie watcher, you know, looking behind the scenes, if I receive this call, I'm doing everything I can to keep him calm Mm -hmm. and safe and telling him what to do because I'm being told, make sure he doesn't move, make sure this happens or whatever. But I have a lot of people behind me. My watch command staff are going to come in, probably my chief, my captain, and they're going to be okay. I'm on the line with the bomb squad because we got to get all those guys in there. And what's going to happen? outside the house. They're going to get officers, obviously, en route. They're going to set up a command post. They're going to set up a perimeter. We're going to have the bomb squad heading in eventually to the command post. We're going to send fire and EMS because if a bomb goes off, we're probably going to have injuries as well as fire. Mm -hmm. But they have to stay a safe distance away until we make sure that everything's neutralized on scene. And then they go in and get to be the heroes afterwards. So all of that's happening behind the scenes, and you don't see that necessarily in the movie. You see it 
it's happened, but you're not seeing us put them in route. So right. that's just one of those things that, that's a behind the scenes. That it's you also might be the, curious about. Yeah, the making of the sausage often inside of films is one of the pieces that people, especially nowadays, love to go back and at least have a, a, a waft of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And being able to dig in deep like this is why I wanted to do a series like this with you inside of Digitally Dispatched. Yeah, and I'm so excited you brought it up because there are so many opportunities in different movies and, and TV shows and stuff that, that you see a little bit of what's going on, but what's happening behind the scenes mm-hmm. to get the police there or get the first responders on scene. All right, so Lisa, I got to ask. Okay, the bomb goes off and the the toilet lands on the front of the station wagon again. And so now what happens? What, True. Because it doesn't just end and, and then and scene. Right. It's not how it works in real life. What happens? Well, the good thing is, is, is during the, the scene itself, you have rigs right there in front of Murtaugh and they go, okay, one, two, three. Are we going to go on three? Are we going to go after three? That kind of cracked me up a little bit. And then he pulls them off and into the the tub which was cast iron that they were talking about in there so that was good we know they're going to be somewhat safe and everything explodes toilet like you said goes out ends up on top of the car Mm -hmm. and afterwards the bomb squad will go in first to make sure that they've scanned for all the bombs if there are any other bombs or anything like that and then police are going to go in Fire and EMS are going to go in because you probably got a fire started up in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. We've got EMS trying to get Murtaugh and Riggs out of there because Riggs I'm, is probably underneath of Murtaugh. And he has, like you said, he's been sitting for a very long time. He's mm-hmm. not going to be able to use his lower extremities. There's another piece that we should definitely talk about in here. It kind of spills into EMS, uh, yeah. emergency medical systems that's that need to happen here. Murtaugh and Riggs would both have likely all of their eardrums blown out because they're in a room with an explosion. Mm -hmm. There's no opportunity to get behind anything that's going to prevent damage like that. And uh, it's kind of skirted by, and it's a piece of the the Hollywood BS that we talk about inside of (laughs) another series of movies over at whatcopswatch.com that I host. And, uh, but, but it's real and it's something that's not addressed in the film because likely for the remainder of the movie and the entire remainder of the movie, neither Riggs nor Murtaugh would hear anything anybody said no. because they would have no hearing for a period right. of time. Because, yeah, it would be the worst thing. And now you've got uh, fire and EMS that have to go in and try and get them out of the situation mm-hmm. because everything is going to be exploded around, literally exploded around them. So once they get the two of them out of the house and take care of the fire that may be going on or whatever, then they can be attended to at the rigs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) rigs in the ambulance and whatnot. So everybody would be safe. And and of course we know that the house was clear because they'd cleared it from before. So nothing else. I I guess there's also some potentially extra damage that would happen from just the explosion itself into either other houses or nearby buildings or vehicles that would also have to be either researched or documented for reports. Right. And depending on where the bomb went off in the house, it was on second story floor, I do believe if I remember correctly. And fortunately being up higher, is going to cause less damage to the houses next door because it's not going to hit the foundation like it would if it was on a main floor. Mm. But in the news, at least here lately, where we live, we had a couple of house explosions with gas leaks. Gas lines being breached, and right. the mm-hmm. entire house is just gone, as yeah. well as the it, neighbor's garage. Yeah, and it's horrifying. We'll, we'll make sure to put links to those videos inside the show notes for this episode, too. Because yeah, for those of you that have not seen just a house, hey, look, a house, and then no house. 
It's horrifying. It, it, is, it is horrifying. It's horrifying. I know. I, I was shocked when I saw it too. So well, I, I was even more amazed that nobody was killed. Right. Whether it's a neighbor or somebody close or something, nobody, well, nobody got killed. It's fortunate because whenever things like that happen with the big gas leaks, mm-hmm. the fire department and the police department go in together and they get everybody in the block evacuated from that area because you don't know how big the explosion's going to be. Yeah. And in, in the case that we're talking about, it was just that house plus part of another house next door. Yeah. But it could have been a lot worse. What's even more horrifying than the house being there one instant and then gone the next is that there are people that are so close to the house explosion. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of people in vests that I'm assuming are either the people that were the people that tapped and breached the gas line mm-hmm. that are just kind of standing there and the house disappears and you can see them just do their quick hunch and then they don't know exactly what to do except go and try and get behind something. Mm-hmm. Again, it's horrifying and we'll, we'll make sure that there's a link inside the show notes for it. It's, yes. it's terrible. Super exciting to watch though. Yeah. You know, what we're also going to put in there is, of course, the link to the video of the actual scene from Lethal Weapon 2, the toilet bomb scene, <laughs> which again is legend inside of j- just about everybody's a collective movie perspective. Anybody that has seen a movie in the last 25, 30 years will instantly know what we're referring to when we say the the toilet bomb. (laughs) And it was a good movie. If you want to watch the whole thing, feel free. Okay, Mike, we're going to take a little break now Mm, so that my listeners can take a moment to collect themselves from all that exciting news, listen to our sponsors, and see how they might be able to help them on the other end. And perhaps visit the toilet. (laughs) And we'll come back on the other side and bring this all into a nice conclusion for you with a nice red bow. The one question each podcaster should be asking themselves is, why am I still editing my own podcast? Mike Wilkerson from the Two Guys Talking Podcast here. I've podcasted and edited for over a decade, and I know what an hour and a half podcast turns into when you get in front of the editing stack. Let me tell you, it's not an hour and a half. It's closer to probably double that time. Are you ready to hand off the time you're wasting editing your own podcast? Looking for a cost-effective solution that doesn't break the bank but gives you super experienced, quality podcasting back to you in a short period of time? Be sure to check out The Editor Core. Make your podcast soar with The Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Do you like what you're hearing during the Digitally Dispatched podcast? Let's have a conversation about how you can help us grow. Visit my website at digitallydispatched.com and let's find a way to get your organization, business, or effort to benefit from my focused and engaged audience. Let me help you grow your digital footprint and foster educational content on the internet. Open a channel now at digitallydispatched.com. That's digitallydispatched.com. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From the Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Welcome back to the Dispatch Chain from Digitally Dispatched. 
This time we're going over the toilet bomb scene from Lethal Weapon 2, 1989. Before the break, we flushed out everything you could get from the toilet bomb scene. And now we're going to put that in a nice little nutshell for you. Mm, nuts. A nice, a nice little bowl. <laughs> <laughs> what are the takeaways from this dispatch chain, Lisa? Well, for me, the takeaways are looking behind the scenes of what would have happened had this happened in real life. Right, right. We want to know your location, location, location. Always. And yep. it's so important. And I say this often on Digitally Dispatched. We need to know where you are in order to send you help. On a very serious note, that is the first question we ask and the most important question, because no matter what is going on, unless I know where you are, I don't know where to send my first responders, whether it's the police, fire department, or emergency medical staff. So let me know where you are. And then in this case, we needed to know where in the house he was at. Mm -hmm. We needed to know where the bathroom was located once we found out he was in the bathroom. So we pull all of that out of there. We get our first responders heading that way. And then we're going to find out, okay, what's actually going on? He's sitting on a, literally sitting on a bomb. So then we have to go into overdrive of who we're going to get to him, where all of our resources are going to be pulled. We're going to set up perimeters. We're going to get the bomb squad en route. And we're going to make sure that everybody comes out safe. And it's a movie. So they're all going to be safe. And everything will come out in the end, right? <laughs> be flushed right on out. So now I'd like to know, is there anything about this that you'd like to know more about? Head on over to digitallydispatch.com, fill out the quick web form, and let me know what you'd like to know more about the toilet bomb scene in Lethal Weapon 2. I just want to thank everybody for joining Mike and I on this ride. Yeah, this is going to be a great series of podcasts, again, because not only does it lean into pop culture, which has just been a golden breeding ground for awesome throughout my entire career in podcasting, but it allows everyone to know some more of the real life concepts and processes that happen inside of the dispatcher brain, mm -hmm. but then also sure. everything that the dispatcher brain is tethered to. And I, I just, I love a series like this, Lisa. I do too, Mike. I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun for both of us to, to do together in the future. And if there's any movies or TV shows that you want to know about or any scenes, Again, just head on over to my website, digitallydispatch.com. Let us know. We'd be more than happy to answer all your questions as well as look into the suggestions you have for future episodes. And if you want to listen to something pretty awesome, head over to whatcopswatch.com. Hmm. They have an amazing library with cops talking about the things that they watch and how their brains work yeah. within those realms. Yeah. Again, the tapestry that Chief D. Giuseppe and I have made over the course of now almost a decade wow. doing What Cops Watch is pretty amazing. It is. Lots of different perspectives, lots of different movies. And thanks again for the nod for whatcopswatch.com. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy listening. And there's the dispatch chain for yet another piece of modern day entertainment. Which modern day entertainment would you like to know the real life dispatch chain for? Tell me about it via my website over at digitallydispatch.com and let's hook up and share some more information via the next episode of The Dispatch Chain. I'm Lisa Moore, I am your host, and you have been Digitally Dispatched.